Skyfall recently. Yes, I did Skyfall, No Time to Die. Oh, right. Okay. That's all. Did you, oh, so you didn't I did. do Quantum of Solace or... Uh, nah. Or I, you know, I've seen Casino Royale plenty of times. Yeah. Okay. I liked... Um, or Spectre. I, I didn't watch Spectre, mm. but I liked No Time to Die. Yeah, me too. Yeah. No Time to Die is good. For me, Skyfall is still my favorite, personal favorite of those. Mm. Again, I haven't watched... Uh, again... Because we talked about this earlier. Yeah, we talked about this earlier. Mm, y- uh, yes. Earlier, later. Time is getting very timey-wimey when it comes to when we record these episodes versus when we release them. Yeah. So when we reference something that we've talked about, maybe did we... Did we actually even talk about it in the episode? I think we did. I think we did, bro. But that that's going to release the 26th. This is releasing a week earlier. So next week we're going to... You might hear us talk about this a little bit more, okay. which is okay. Should we restart all this again? No, not at all. Okay. Um, but I, I did like No Time to Die. I just, um, a movie's so long. It's like almost three hours. Mm-hmm. And, I, and spoiler alert, James Bond dies. Yeah. I did not know he died. Yeah. I was hoping for a happy ending because mm-hmm. he's hooking up with Leah Sadu, mm-hmm. who I think is um, unbelievably attractive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 I was I was surprised. I've seen her in other stuff like um, uh, Crimes of the Future. Did you watch that yet? Oh no, no. Let's do. Let's talk about that movie one day with like another Cronenberg movie or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's an interesting one. Um, but yeah, not nah, Leah Seydoux. Um She's also in Death Stranding. I reinstalled Death oh, Stranding really? on my PlayStation. Yes, I don't yeah, know if okay. that had anything to do with it. It probably did have a little bit to do with it. Sure, yeah. But I think I liked No Time for Di- No Time to Die a little bit more than Skyfall. Right. Skyfall was really cool, and I like the beats that it has. But it seemed a little bit dated to me when he's running down the street and uh, M is reciting that poem about how, in the face of what I guess was referencing terrorism at the time, mm-hmm. we will continue running down the street or whatever she says. It just felt really dated. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I think, yeah. Okay, in the, in the same I mean, way I haven't that watched it in a while, so I don't know. Only um, that moment. Everything else mm, is perfect. I think what I liked about Skyfall, I felt like it was a perfect blend of old and new. It really yeah. did a beautiful homage to the uh, Bond yeah. of old, but really placed it in a very contemporary take on it all mm-hmm. and really revitalized the series. I mean, obviously Casino Royale did, and that was the film before that, but that really just took us that next step for me personally. Yeah. And then, of course, we get... Roger Deakins as a cinematographer. Yeah. Who I think is probably the greatest working cinematographer. Yeah. And he's incredible in that movie. I mean, he's incredible yeah. in everything he does. Blade Runner 2049. Oh my God, beautiful. This Skyfall is just... Yeah. It's oh, jaw-dropping. He did The Big Lebowski as well. Everyone forgets that. But I mean, 1917 is awesome. 1917 is awesome, yeah. And also, what's that Western with Brad Pitt? The Coward Robert Ford or something? The assassination of Jesse James. Yeah, that's yeah. a beautiful looking movie it too. Is, yeah, No Country for Old Men, Sicario. Oh yeah, Prisoners. 
Oh, man, he's done so much good stuff. Lots of good ones. Yeah. You know, in No, no Time to Die, I really liked just little aspects of it. I like that Daniel Craig has a kid. He's mm-hmm. got a little kiddo. Um, and I like that sequence where they're in the forest being pursued by vehicles. And oh, yeah. You know, I, I liked all those little bits, but it went a little bit too long. Skyfall is awesome, though. I, yeah, I, I, don't, mean, I don't mean to take anything away from it. It's a good and, movie. And same. No Time to Die is fantastic as well. Yeah. yeah. Both really good movies. Anyway. It's a good series. It, yeah. I think overall... It's a very good run. I think Casino Royale is still like probably my favorite of the Daniel Craig. That's also great, yeah. The Daniel Craig run is very good. I mean, even Spectre like is is still a decent movie. It's still a decent. I never saw that one. I haven't seen it. I don't Uh, like. I'm not a huge Bond person. I don't rush out to see them straight away. mm -hmm. You know, Uh, but that's all. I think compared to some of the others, you know, like a Pierce Brosnan, for example, has Golden Eye, which is smash hit that's the only good one right exactly that's my Die point that's my point we've kind of right. got, we've got one yeah uh, you know among a, a bunch of duds while compared to uh daniel craig which i think is the other way around he's like a yeah. flip reversal of it where he's like a bunch of greats among a couple of, only, only a couple of duds yeah. you know yeah or really one dud really i completely agree yeah, yeah. so only really quantum of solace is of solace. That's it. the truly not enjoyable one yeah yeah which is pretty good for a james bond run so i think bravo so to him. i think it's very good yeah anyway anyway this is look who's podcasting uh my name is tristan yeah i'm jimmy yeah um and this is our roundup episode we're just gonna list off uh some of the movies we've been watching lately or more importantly like i guess the ones we watched and then want to talk about yeah yeah so yes (laughs) i've got a few in here that probably won't necessarily have great things to say about them but because they're (laughs) you know relevant in terms of being new releases i've left them in here yeah yeah Uh, or i've just you know kind of just wanted to bring them up maybe because i am i've got a few that i don't i mean maybe like one that i don't love yeah. But I wanted to talk about it anyway. Exactly. Yeah. That's, yes, exactly. So, well, should I start first then? Should I start with a movie that I... For sure, uh, yeah. I've recently watched. It's not super old, but I definitely loved. Okay, and yeah. I really want to spread the good word mm-hmm. of the Lord that is The Rescue. This documentary from a couple of years ago covers the rescue of the... Thai kids soccer team who were stuck in a cave for 16 days. Ah, yeah, okay. It's an incredible feat, this whole rescue and everyone was involved. But the main unlikely heroes who rescued them, these bunch of dorky men basically who are these deep cave divers who are the select best of the best in the world. Mm. They discover that the kids and 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 their coach are stuck in this incredibly deep uh, cave yeah. system. Uh, yeah, they send, you know, uh, Thai SAS personnel down there to try and, you know, just... Well, sorry, they don't know where exactly they are, but they have ideas of where they could possibly be. Yeah. There's one of these Thai, one of these divers over there who's a, a British man who's one of the you know best of the best, and he's sort of scoping the place out, having ideas. They send, obviously, Thai SAS down there, and, you know... These guys are like, you know, the SAS. They're mm. trained. They're re- super fit. You know, uh, but and once, they, you, once they, you're swimming through those tight, narrow spaces, exactly. Yeah, and you know, and you know, you're on oxygen for a lot of the time. Yeah, and like it's. I mean, one of them dies. One of the time, um, really, SAS dies. Literally, that's how arduous oh, and difficult this is. And then they couldn't even. They set up. End up having to set up a base, kind of about halfway along. 
Holy shit. I but didn't no, know they that. can't go any further. They have to get these. They fly out one bloke from Australia who's like a medical, who's like a doctor, but also uh, in his spare time. Yeah. Loves cave diving. Wow. There's one guy from Belgium, a couple guys from uh, the UK, and they are just, they're all just so unassuming. They're just kind of the guys that are those sort of very quiet, reserved kind of, mm. you know, bit dorky kind of guys in school and have continued to be that and because a lot of this is about not just about the physical nature of it, which, which is why like the SAS guys can't do it. It's a lot about the mental preparation. Completely, yeah. And these guys are just very good guys who are just very good at just sort of, this is a picture I got anyway of guys that are very good at like just living their own thoughts, mm. you know, and they can wow. just, they could, they loved it and they could just be, because these dives were crazy. It was something like, I think it was, two hours to get to the kids and then two hours back that's fucked up man i don't i don't want to say too much but about this movie because i highly highly recommend it it's mm. an easy four and a half out of five it is a bloody good documentary it's an incredible wow. story the things they have to go to the way they have to get the kids out is yeah. just something that's never been done before that australian doctor that's the reason why they got him because one, because he could dive, but two, because he had doc, uh, medical experience and he had to yeah. the things that he had to do to uh like um knock the yeah. kids out but essentially like um, oh you got to knock the kids out to take them back because they might panic yeah so they had then, to inject oh, them God. and like paralyze them and then and he was freaking out he thought like this is the worst island in the world because there's just hundreds of ways that they could possibly die because they could get water in there they could stop breathing all these things that you can't oh, do for crazy. like a two-hour arduous trip through his tiny yeah. caves while carrying his one one diver one kid yeah and he was like no like and so this whole thing of just him going through that whole thought process of like what do i do how do yeah. i go about this bringing himself to the have the courage to be like fuck it i don't know how else we could possibly do this it's probably this is probably the only way we're going to do it i don't i'm going to be responsible for possibly killing all these people or he might have died as well. And he might die as well. Like it's just it's an incredible story. Incredible wild, people are uh, just really captivating stuff. I almost didn't want to say that because that's a big part of it when you get to the, when you find out what he yeah. has to do, you're like, Oh my god. Uh poor guy. Um Fuck, I gotta watch this documentary. Yeah, it's it's good stuff, man. Um highly recommend it. Highly recommend it for everyone listening. The rescue, Netflix. I remember when it was in the good news stuff. and just seeing diagrams of the cave systems. And how tight those areas were that you would have to sort of like scuba dive through and just having to bring kids out like one at a time. Holy shit. And then like the water's all murky, right? So you really can't see where you're going. Oh, yeah, exactly. that's I think what I remember of it. But yeah, anxiety inducing stuff. Complete pitch black. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You did. They yeah. Can't. Yeah, they're literally <laughs> just feeling crazy. their way. They have to either have a rope that goes through it. Yeah. So, like, the divers themselves lay this rope, but then people, when they come back, attach themselves to that rope to try and through it. And, like, oh, there's one guy loses the rope for one bit. Mm. He gets stuck in there with his kid. He's freaking out, you know. It's complete pitch black for, like, half an hour. Shit. He's half an hour late because yeah. he's lost the rope. He can't see anything. He's just got this kid. He doesn't know if his kid's breathing. It's just, like, fuck, fuck me. Hell, it's, man. like... Oh, it's it's amazing, amazing stuff. I accidentally said Netflix. It's not Netflix. I think it's on um, Apple TV. Apple TV. Okay. Yeah. Nice one. That's a good one. Shit. I'm going to have to watch that movie. Sounds fucking intense. Um, yeah. Anyway, 
Um, maybe we can come back to that at another point in the future. Maybe once I've watched it, we well, can yeah, touch on it at, yeah. on another roundup. I would maybe. like to do a documentary kind of thing, whether mm. it's a, you know, a documentary roundup or a, uh, you know, top 10 documentary or some sort of documentary yeah. feature because there's just so many great documentaries out there and this is one of them. I think that should be added to that, yeah. you know, great documentary list. I used to watch all the time Crumb, the Robert Crumb oh, yeah, nice. one and Man on Wire about that French oh, dude that crossed the, the Twin yeah, Towers. Yeah, those yeah. ones I was like, oh, love those ones. Um, but anyway, uh, my I would love to do yeah a documentary one one day. Yeah, that'd cool. be really fun. Uh, but the the movie I had first on the list was Alien Covenant. Oh, cool. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm Ron Burgundy. No, but <laughs> I actually I saw Alien Covenant in the cinema. I still really like Alien Covenant. Yeah. I know people have beefs with Prometheus and this movie, but I don't care about those little nitpicks. Mm-hmm. I don't care that. Characters are doing silly things when they should be scientists, like taking their helmet off on a planet they've only just landed on. I don't care about all that shit. Mm-hmm. I just like uh, Ridley Scott's world building and yeah. he's so good at spaceships flying. I, I want my spaceships. I want Danny McBride as a massive spaceship captain. Mm-hmm. I want aliens popping out of chests. It gives me everything. Yeah. And then on top of that, what I really liked about this movie was... Um, um, Riddle, Ridley Scott, he he adds on what he started in Prometheus with the robot character of David, because mm-hmm. that robot character in Prometheus is the one kind of pinching the alien fluid or whatever and putting it in people's drinks to start the whole alien bursting out of bodies thing. Um, but in this movie, he's literally taking spoilers. He's literally taking out. Um, the internal like reproductive organs of his female co-pilot and using that to create the eggs that you would get in the alien movie and aliens then on and just this whole notion of the robot feeling like he was too good for his own creator he felt better than the humans that created him and then he should be able to create life as well yeah i just love that really scott introduced like this blade runner style vibe to it you know, about life and robots and all this cool shit. Yeah. And I get my uh, aliens biting people's heads off and, you know. Exactly. Good shit. So, I, I, I like them. I didn't love Prometheus as much, but I um, still love Covenant. Did you did cool. you like this movie? I did like this movie. I haven't seen it since I saw it in the cinemas. Yeah. I remember liking it, but not loving it. But I couldn't really say too much about why I felt that way. Um, I think maybe it was just a few little, like, you know, plot holes or little time, little things that maybe just little grievances in yeah. terms of like, oh, why did they do that? Like little stupid things. I, maybe, I totally maybe that, get it. Maybe that's what it was, but I can't remember. It's been a while. But I remember enjoying it and I do remember what I did like about it was him exploring a lot of those themes and like the religious themes as well as like the, yeah. you know, the cycle of life kind of stuff that I thought was really cool. That's that right. He, that, again, yeah. very, really Scott that like, you know, the stuff he explores and not just Alien, but uh, as you say, Prometheus, but also in like Raised by Wolves and just yeah. the territory that he loves to explore. And yeah, I remember having a lot of cool, cool stuff like that in it. Oh yeah, it's good stuff. Um you know, I'm, I'm always going to be happy as long as they're in space. There's a massive spaceship and there's a creepy um, HR Giga alien design, you know, mm-hmm. rolling around. I'll be happy. But that's why... I remember why, I had a really uh, cool... Yeah. Sorry, I can't remember. I remember I had a really cool um, facehugger moment yeah. with, um, like, bursting through 
her while she's like... Yeah. In uh, the Covenant movie? The Covenant, yeah. In Covenant, you, you've actually got it coming out of a dude's spine. That's it's, what it is. It's fucked up. It's yes, so gory. <laughs> and But yeah, you still get like these nice gory moments. It's, um, you know, he's doing all the same ingredients again, but... I think it works. I still get a yeah, yeah, nice I'm, I'm kick out of it. I'm misremembering, but yeah. Well, in Prometheus, go. she uses this futuristic operating table to kind of give herself like a C-section to That's pull right. out this yes. alien <laughs> fetal thing. Ugh. Yeah. It's nasty. Yeah, um, I think I must have been blending the two together. Ah, it's all good, you know. Um, um, but that's, yeah, that's my sort of like first one off the rank for it. Nice. Yeah. Good old. So, you, did you go back and watch all uh, the Alien movies? Oh, I sure did. Oh, well, nice. I didn't. I, I have rewatched like Aliens and Alien 3, but I did do the first Alien movie. Okay. I did Prometheus and I did uh, Alien Resurrection. Oh, okay. Resurrection, I haven't gone back to in ages. It's It's got really good production design. Okay. And it's that French director that, um, oh, well, I'll forget his name, mm. but... The director and the guy doing the special effects, mm-hmm. really great stuff. It just sucks that the movie kind of doesn't have many memorable characters and the plot is kind of shit. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. Like Sigourney Weaver has been cloned. So she's kind of like half alien, half person. Mm-hmm. You know how like people like Blade, he's kind of half vampire. So he's got all the strengths, none of the weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And I think Sigourney's like that in Alien Resurrection, but it just looks amazing. And it hits that same vibe, you know, spaceships, working class, yeah, cool. blue collar people on space, you know, but it just nah, doesn't get there in the end. Right. Gotcha. You can't be, for me though, like Alien and then Aliens and then Alien Covenant. Like for me, they're my top three favorite Alien movies. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, nice. So I, I hold it up there. Yeah. Anyway, we should uh, talk about Aliens one day. I'd love to oh, I, uh, run through those. I totally agree. There's so much out there already, I guess. We wouldn't be covering it in new ground, but we do just get to live in that world a bit. Yeah, but mm. also, that'd be fun just yeah. for us. Uh, yeah, it'd just be fun for a, us to do. a bit of a little self-indulgence. Wow. Uh, speaking of horror movies, oh. let's move into a more recent horror movie. Yeah. The Pope's Exorcist. <laughs> <laughs> this is a Russell Crowe one, yeah? It sure is, yes. So, Russell yeah. Crowe is the Pope's Exorcist, the top exorcist at the Vatican. Uh, a recently widowed American mother and her children have moved into this beautiful cathedral in to make it their home in mm-hmm. rural Spain. Uh, the building has a hidden dark past and renovations to the building unearth this dark past, they, leading to the youngest son. Mm. Uh, I'll say, I say youngest son, sounds like she's got more than one son. She has a son and a daughter, leads to the son uh, being possessed, and then Russell Crowe has been sent from the Vatican to go investigate. Dare I ask, how was it? <laughs> it's kind of fun. It's really silly, cliched. Yeah. Uh, it's all the exorcist tropes that you know and love and probably are overdone by this point, but they're there. Um, nice. But... It's, you know, it's a bit of slucky fun. That's probably a better way to describe it. Oh, good. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I kind of saw the previews for it and I was interested. I wanted to watch Russell Crowe, yeah, you know, play that preacher, priest, exorcist, well, exorcise the role. Yeah. But some of the horror part is a bit like overdone or you know, mm. seen it. You know, it's not the most original. Um, you know, it's obviously the haunted house setting mm. that we've, we've seen him numerous times. Obviously, you know, 
Uh, yeah. He does the, uh, the the classic exorcist walk, you know, on the hands. And, oh, you okay. Know, everything's yep. kind of like, okay, here we go. Go tick all those boxes. But and not in any original, very mm. extra scary, you know, noteworthy way. But the more the noteworthy part of it, I think, is actually just Russell Crowe himself. I think he's doing this yeah. really odd, delightful Italian accent. It's, yeah. A weird one. Uh, it was definitely it was a night of a weird Italian accent, by the way. We watched the Super Mario Brothers straight, maybe straight after this. <laughs> yeah. So it was like, what is that with us and terrible Italian accents? But anyway, uh, he uh, is, even though he's doing this odd Italian accent, he's kind of a delightfully quirky kind of character. Like he nice. has this little Vespa that he cruises around on. <laughs> uh, he's always like really nonchalant, telling like little dad jokes and stuff like that to everybody. He's never serious. Oh, wow. uh, he's just, I don't know. He's just really fun. He's a fun yeah. character. Oh, that's cool. I didn't realize they were taking that angle to like his character. Yeah, he's really silly. I don't, it's, I don't know. He seems like he's having fun, which is is you know goes a long way so oh awesome i don't know not much more to say about it it's it's a wild ending by the way i don't know mm. if i want to say too much but i guess if you've seen any letterbox review you probably would have seen it but oh i know nothing so you know please don't spoil i'm gonna okay. watch this all right yeah i'll leave you i'll leave it at that then where'd you stand on like the exorcist the original one really good yeah yeah I think it's, it's a classic still holds up yeah pretty creepy and that movie like you forget it's like a it's like a drama for the first hour mm-hmm. and a half mm-hmm. i think i feel like we've had this conversation before probably yeah anyway yeah so this movie's not as nowhere near as effective as something like that um look it's probably like to me it's like a it's an okay to a great it's like a two to a five to a three out of five nice so okay it's, and to you that's a good ranking yeah again yeah. it's not it's not gonna blow your socks off his character's charming enough and it goes a long way. Oh, um, cool. And then, you know, and there's some, they do have some fun twist towards the end. It gets a little bit more action-y almost. Uh, but, yeah. But also, at the same time, some of the horror is really, you know, uninspired. Okay. So. I like it. You know. It's a bit of a mixed bag, but uh, it's overall, I'd say it's decent. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I'll still watch it. Yeah. Um, it could have been worse is what I'm going to say. It could have been yeah. much worse. I feel like I know exactly what I'm getting myself into. Yeah. But that's all right. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah. My, uh, we up to my second one. Is that all yeah. done for Popey? Uh, that sure is. Yeah. Um, my second one was, I watched this movie. Uh, it's a Jennifer Lopez, Owen Wilson romantic oh, comedy okay. called Marry Me. Marry Me is the title of this big single, hit single. So J-Lo plays like a Beyonce-style character. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's going to get up on stage and marry her partner, who's also a famous musician. Mm-hmm. This Marry Me single has him on it as well. The songs are actually really cool in this movie. Oh, cool. Okay. Did she really, write the music for it? Or? I don't think so. Okay. Really well-written pop songs, though, that you know would fit really well in... You know, um, you know, on the radio, wherever it is, people on Spotify, wherever people listen to music, I don't know. But she's about to hop on stage and have this huge public wedding slash concert. And right before she gets up on stage... Um, you know, the viral news is getting lit up with a clip of her soon-to-be husband making out with her assistant. Oh, no. He's oh, been no. cheating. 
So she is lifted. Uh, she finds us out literally as she's being hoisted up on the platform to get up on stage oh in a wedding God. dress. The whole crowd is there screaming. And Owen Wilson is like a maths teacher mm-hmm. who is there with his young daughter. And he's just holding up a marry me sign. You know, it's the name of a single. Everyone, you know, it's the tagline. Um, and JLo has this nice little speech about how I want to do real things, you know, live in the moment. That's all we have. And she just says, uh, Owen Wilson, you holding the marry me sign. I'll marry you. So she marries Owen Wilson. Oh, wow. And it's a romantic comedy. So we know exactly what we're going to get. Uh-huh. There's going to be a disagreement around, you know, before the last act. They'll get together at the end. Um, I really like rom-coms and this was a really good one. Mm-hmm. So I really liked this movie. Oh, cool. Uh, it gives you everything you want. You know, it's hokey and silly. But um, if you don't like rom-coms, don't bother. But it is this weird chemistry that J-Lo and Owen Wilson had, I think. Because mm-hmm. they're from such different worlds, but uh, not that dissimilar. It was really it was really nice. A really nice movie. I like it. Yeah. Okay. And you get really cool songs, like I said. You get some product placement. Uh-huh. She's uh, a lot of uh, guests, handbags. Oh, my There's God. There's a whole Vitamix segment because she's a famous, she's playing a famous musician that does these ads. Uh, and okay. Owen Wilson and her are trying to spend time together. So they're like, he's on the set of a Vitamix ad. <laughs> and Owen Wilson's daughter is like, I want a Vitamix, daddy. It's like, oh, wow. It's weird. Um, but <laughs> uh, but it's, it doesn't matter. It works. Yeah. Gives yeah. you what you want. Marry me. It's good shit. All right. <laughs> um, okay. That's I my mean, number two. I like it, man. Let's continue with the, tr- uh, the run of uh, Italians and let's move into Super Mario Brothers movie. <laughs> yeah. Did you see this one? Oh, no, nah, man. It's for kids. It's for kids. <laughs> uh, but is it, is it any good? Oh. Uh, yeah, you're right. It's a kids' movie because I totally checked out by the end of this movie. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, like Shrek is a kids' movie, but it's like Shrek works, good. man. Shrek's really funny and really smart. Yeah. This movie is not. Yeah. Not either of those things. Um, to me, it felt a little more than just a series of events strung together by fan service. Yeah. Which I get it. I'm a fan. I'm a fan myself. Mm-hmm. And yes, as you said, it is primarily a kids' movie. But I don't think it's unreasonable to ask for something more than yeah. that. You know, I think like you just said, Shrek, you know, we can get more than this. Lego movie. There's a good movie that is a, a product. Mm. Yeah, exactly. That you've made into a movie and that you've managed to make a clever, interesting story with. Unlike this. And you know what's weird? Like, we are the audience for Mario. Yeah, exactly. Not that's kids. I mean. Yeah. So, exactly. And that's why I don't want to dismiss it too much. It's just a kid's movie. Yeah. But I think kids will get some a kick out of it. I think it's got some really delightfully f- bright, colorful animation. And a lot of the animation is very well done. Yeah. Um, I think if you're a kid, you will enjoy this movie. And I can see why. To all the kids listening to this podcast. <laughs> exactly. But that's not our audience. Five that's not stars. Us. <laughs> exactly. That's not our audience. That's not us. And even though I knew a lot of those references, it didn't make it good. Yeah. It's like we talked about before with fan surface. You know, that's where the difference between good and bad fan surface really, mm. is where it's, it's written into a way where it works into the story and the narrative. And yeah, yeah, I don't know. This didn't to me. Yeah, and fair enough. I mean, it didn't even have. Uh, well, I guess like to me, Dennis Hopper will always be King Cooper. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Not Jack Black. Um, it's funny though because Jack Black is actually the best part of this movie okay. by far. Yeah, he actually has some funny parts, mm. and I think he's 
voice and his his uh, version of Bowser is actually really good. Oh, cool! Yeah, I, I see him getting really a lot good. of press online for it, and yeah, yeah he seemed like he was having a lot of fun. Exactly, and it, it comes across in the film, and yeah. so I think he deserves a lot of credit. Uh, because he's fantastic. He has a cool little post-credit scene as well. Mm. Uh, a cool little, fun little song as Bowser. And so yeah, he, he he has some good work in this. But uh, otherwise, the characters, the story are very limited, um, and the comedy as well is also sadly very limited. And yeah, it just overall, I was uh, sadly a bit underwhelmed and disappointed. And they're going to make a bunch more of them, I think. Oh really? They're going to oh. keep on rolling because yeah. they make a lot of cash and. I think I people told me that it had scenes of him, you know, or Mario in a cart, you know, doing the Mario Kart thing. Yeah. Or scenes of him, you know, jumping, hitting blocks. And it's like, uh, you know, it's... Anyway, it just seemed like I thought as well they would have done a bit more mm-hmm. based on the trailer. But I won't watch it. I'm not going to rush out to see the Mario movie. No, no, I don't. Yeah. I don't recommend it. You know, it's not the worst movie I've ever seen, but it's... Just a bit, yeah. a bit below average, I think. Hmm. Especially when it comes to story and characters. What is this place? Do not touch that mushroom! Yeah, so uh, I also watched from 1975. Um, it's this movie called The Devil's Reign. Okay. I got this from the Quentin Tarantino and Roger Avery movie podcast. Do you listen to that one? No, I don't, know. It's called Video Archives. Oh, cool. It's really great. Um, yeah. you, and you're going to find a lot of like deep cuts references to some of these movies. Mm-hmm. And that's where I heard about this one because Roger Avery said that he watched it as a young person and it just stuck with him. You know, the crazy ending and all that. Uh, but it was really good. It's similar to like what you said about The Pope's Exorcist. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, it's dumb and silly, but it's kind of just what you want. Mm-hmm. You know, like that B-movie fun. But it's got William Shatner in it. He plays, well, before I go into that, I should say like, it's sort of, it's weird because the scenery and the sets and whatnot, it's like a Western movie because mm-hmm. it's like these uh, abandoned towns out in the middle of nowhere. Um, so the the imagery reminds you of a western, and William Shatner is like this religious guy, but he's got this sweet drip. He's got like this kind of it, it looks like a cowboy hat made out of like a wicker chair or something. And this amazing Uniqlo looking jacket. Okay. Um, he looks amazing, uh, but I love me some William Shatner, and he is gonna like face off against this devil cult leader called. I don't know his, the character's name, but um, he's played by Ernest Borgnine. Is that oh, the dude's nice. name? Yeah, okay, yeah. And we know him from like, you know, Escape from New York as Cabby, or maybe you've seen Basketball. He's the like, mm-hmm. he's the main CEO dude. Um, but the first third of the film is William Shatner. And then we get like a Tom Selleck segment. It's got Tom Selleck in there as well, who's looking for his family. Um, and yeah, it's, you know, it's dumb cult member devil stuff people's faces are gonna melt it's got a really cool ending yeah and john travolta's in it as well oh wow okay yeah really young f- young travolta then it's it's really funny because like you see john travolta's name in the titles mm-hmm. but you don't actually see his face so these cult members have all got this weird 
facial thing going on. You know they're in the cold because their eyes are kind of blackened. Yeah. Well, they've got this weird prosthetic covering their, their eyes um, just so it makes it look like they've got these thick, chunky, black lumps of coal or something in their eyeballs. So you don't actually see John Travolta's face, but you recognize him from his chin. Oh, okay. I don't think he even says anything. Well, I was going to say, this is pre-Grease. Pre-Grease. Fever, yeah. Definitely. And um, he doesn't have any lines, I don't think. You just re- you see that chin. He just like struggles with Tom Selleck's character a little bit. Uh, and it's really huh. weird. It's like, what the fuck? Where's John yeah. Travolta? It's like, yeah. I think that's him. <laughs> um, but no, it was really dumb and really fun. And you can watch the whole thing for free on YouTube. I love when I didn't when it happens. It's really a high quality rip as well. Oh, cool. Um, but yeah, like I just I took like little screenshots of just different frames from the movie because mm. I thought it looked really cool. It's just there's not much going on in the way of um, plot, but right. it, like I said, it does have a very cool ending. Yeah. Okay. So, very yeah, very so cool. The ending, the visuals. Some of the surprise yeah. cast. That's kind of the strengths of the movie for you. Yeah, definitely. And um, you know, it's if you want a dumb seventies William Shatner cult movie, uh-huh. you're gonna get it. Okay, cool. It it goes it gets a bit silly, but in a very funny way. Like my partner was just in the background hanging out while I was watching this movie. Yeah. yeah. And even she was like, I'm not watching, I can just just hearing what's happening. <laughs> you know, it's kind of silly and goofy. Um it made me crave more like you know, people in robes, culty movie shit, which the 70s is full of. Yeah. But do you have any recommendations for me of like cult member movies, that kind of shit? Are you oh, down with that sort of stuff? No. I mean, I'm down for, down for watching it. Yeah, yeah. But I'm not down as in terms of like okay. off the top of my head, knowing some ones to check out. No, it's pretty new to me. I, I think it sort of like woke up this fun little, you know, momentary interest where I'm just going to seek out, yeah, you know, brown hooded robes, cult movie type shit. That's something we sort of touched on throughout this whole podcast run has been yeah. about how we just go through these periods of getting really into certain things. And <laughs> yeah. that's part of what this podcast is all about is us sharing that and then also hopefully, hopefully prompting our audience to get into some of those, you know, we've got, and most episodes yeah. are usually, you know, we uh, have a SNL double coming up next right after we this episode we do yes we do so you know that's that's me indulging my kind of love yeah. of that style of humor and that type of film and then we'll just, totally. and this is just coming after we just did 60s uh, japanese horror yeah so there's another we have very our, niche little yeah have our moments it, it's funny like in saying that like we plan ahead for what topics we're going to do we do and sometimes it's just like just leave it blank because it's going to change so many times uh-huh. by the time we get to you know, August's recordings, it's, you know, mix it up. But, exactly. Um, that's all right. Keep it fresh. And also, if you're listening and you have any ideas, feel free to send us an email at lookwhospodcasting at gmail.com or just mm. hit, up, hit us up on social media, any comment section on any of our posts or something, and yeah, just say, hey, like, hey, like, have a thought about doing an episode on this? Because, you know, we're open yeah. to it. We have one, actually, I think that we're planning very soon, actually, that I've had, we've had a few people recommend. So we'll... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. That'll, that'll, be, be, that'll be coming up in a couple of weeks' time. So that'll be a look fun forward one. to that. Yeah. But that's my number three one, I think, yeah, isn't cool. it? Yeah, my third one, yeah. Um, all right, so number three, where should I move to? Let's continue with the horror theme of Pope's, Pope's Exorcist and we'll mm. move into another more recent horror movie, Scream 6. Ah, yes, I saw this as well. Yeah. So well, what, what did you think of this? Yeah, I didn't mind it. But I didn't love it, and I'm not mm-hmm. the biggest fan of the original Scream. I know right. you like it more. I do. I really like the original, yeah. 
I was more of a always, always I, uh, wait, what's it called? I Know What You Did Last Summer. Oh, really? Okay. I was more of a fan of that one. Yeah, right. Yeah, just that fishing hook, like, fuck. Um, yeah, but, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, Scream, this one was weird because the whole thing, you know, trying to reboot it, I mean, mm-hmm. it was original back in the 90s with its meta commentary on, yeah. you know, the on steps, the, the rules and, yep. to survive a horror film and all that. Mm-hmm. And now it just feels like the film is aware that reboots are generally uninspired and they have to do different things, so we're going to subvert it by doing the exact same thing as the previous one where it's the boyfriend again. Uh, we told you in the first, you know, first rule is always suspect. And it just felt like um, they have wrung it, the towel dry, uh, you know, of, of ideas for Scream. Mm, that's I, fair, I don't yeah. think it's as that fresh or original at all. And um, it sort of hurt my enjoyment of it. But yeah, what do you think? I think I can 100% understand where you're coming from. I think I understand that they want to take the series in new directions. And obviously mm. every film has kind of been a different take you know, the first one was obviously, as you were talking about, was a uh, meta commentary on slasher films. Uh, the second was a commentary on sequels. Mm. The third one was a commentary on trilogies. The fourth one was a commentary on reboots. Yeah. Uh, and then the fifth one, Scream, was mm. a commentary on requels. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but the fifth one didn't work as well for me because the fourth one kind of covered similar ground because that's about reboots. Yeah. I think the fourth one actually is probably one of my favorites of the series. Oh, that's cool. a very good job at kind of um, the fifth one comes off a bit more almost like it's a well one the fifth one I don't think which is the characters that are also in this movie is uh, so it's a new set of main major characters. Mm. They obviously are connected loosely to the other legacy characters, mm-hmm. um, but they um, I don't find them as interesting. Yeah. Uh, or, um, you know, interesting to watch or be, or interesting characters full stop. But also, uh, I said some of the ground that they did in four was kind of retreaded in five and just felt like it wasn't as good. Yeah. Um, and then also it felt almost like they were becoming more of like a, just a spoof on other movies in general. Like, it's, you it's know? Just, yeah, there's not only um, so many ways you can make it fresh for me or keep yeah. it interesting. But then when, also in this yeah. one, I, I, in this one... I, like I said, I like, I understand that they want to go in new directions and mix it up a bit, but some, some things in this just didn't work for me. I didn't, Ghostface running around with a shotgun just did not work for me. Mm. It's a, it's a, they're slasher movies. Yeah. I get it. It's a whole about like, you know, just films when they get to that point in time and they branch out and do different things. Yeah. But it just didn't work for me. It felt more like an action movie than it did a slasher. You know, there was no real screen movie-related phone calls in this. Obviously, it's all about new generation and all texting and stuff, but it didn't... What made those movies... Part of what's so good about the meta element was the mm. ghost face calling the victim, having that... Have you, have, you seen a, have you seen a scary movie? Yeah. That whole thing was cool. The series just had that yeah. element all the way throughout. And this film, in trying to do new things, ripped... Took away from some of the older classic elements that I loved about the series to yeah. me. Um, dilutes it. It diluted it, exactly. That's a better way to describe it. Yeah, plus, like I said, I didn't find the new cast super interesting, mm. but worse so in this one, I didn't find new, the new killers interesting at all. No. Um, I found them actually quite lame, to be honest, and plus you could see, knew who they were going to be a mile away. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. P- the full circle ending, I thought, was pretty good though, mm. uh, which was a nod to the second film. 
Yeah. Uh, and then the, the killer from the second film. But yeah, it's a bit of a mixed bag for me. Not huge on it. Not terrible. Um, it's competent filmmaking, I think. Mm. Um, there is some fun parts of this movie. But there's also some very stupid parts, like that ladder scene. When they're between the two buildings, between when they try and move it to the, the hot guy from across the, the way. Did I watch the same movie? How many Scream movies are there? Six. This is Scream 6. So this is the one where the boyfriend is the killer again? No, right? Which one did I watch? Holy shit. <laughs> Hang on a second. Hang on a second. Scream 5? I think you want to watch Scream 5. Did they do a... Uh, yeah, Dewey gets killed... Yeah. Oh, I watched watch Scream 5. five. Ah! <laughs> anyway, Shit. Scream 5 sucks. <laughs> yeah, cool. So you're with me. I thought Scream 4 did a lot better in terms of the whole reboot commentary mm. than mm-hmm. Scream 5 did. Scream 5 almost yeah. started coming off like it was almost like a spoof movie in terms of some of the stuff. You know, like I did the Force Awakens bit. Oh, yeah. You okay. know, with, with yeah. Dewey. You know, he dies in a similar way as Harrison, as uh, Han Solo does oh, so in um, Force Awakens. Like it was a nod to that. It was, yeah. I don't know. It didn't work for me. I didn't find the, like, like I talked about this before, I didn't find the characters, mm. the new characters that were the new, the new leads super interesting. Yeah. Um, and then they, so yeah, and they continue in stream six as to not be super interesting. And then again, like I said, the killers, yeah. killers as well are also just like in five, not super interesting. I think maybe even worse in, yeah. number, five, in number six than they are in five. Oh, that's hard to. So top number five for lame kind of, you know, anyway. Yeah. It sucks. But like I said, how much can you really get when you're the sixth movie in? How much? Yeah. But some people seem uh, to really love it. This, yeah. this movie, number five, got some very good reviews. Mm, okay. um, I think both of them were sort of averaging a sort of, you know, three and a half out of five kind of thing. People I saw seem, it like 70 to, something percent on yeah, the percent. Yeah. Like that kind of thing. People seem to really, uh, really be getting kick out of it. And that's awesome. Um, like I said, there is, I think there is some fun moments in this movie, mm. um, but, and, and there is some fun moments in screen five as well, but I think overall, both of them, I feel very similar to, and they're just a bit, a little bit, um, a little bit of a mixed bag, a little disappointing, uh, it. screen one, screen four. Yeah. That's what I think. Well, that leads Pre- into actually, screen four. So if I was going to quickly just say, if I was going to list them, I think it would be, go for me personally, uh, probably screen one, screen four, screen two. Scream three, then five, then six. Yeah, okay. Cool. Three and five can be interchangeable. I've only seen Scream One and uh, Scream Five. Yeah. Okay. But like I said, I'm not you know, I'm not that um not that keen on them to begin with, but that's all good. But uh, you know what? It leads into another movie I did watch, which mm-hmm. was Urban Legend. Nice. Okay. The old school uh I think it's from the year two thousand. Slasher and my partner hadn't seen it. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever seen this. I've obviously seen all the Final Destination movies. Yeah, which are you know very similarish. Yeah, totally. Uh, but, same um, time, sort of same time frame, but similarish yeah. kind of premise, right? Well, yeah, Urban Legend. I mean, you know, we all know um, Final Destination is death is a force out to get you. You know, mm-hmm. you cheat death, it's going to come back. But in this one, no, it is. Um, you know, one of the group of friends is... It's always one of the group of friends. <laughs> of course. It's like whoever's surviving to the end of the movie, hey, you know, get the eye on them. Which is why I Know What You Did Last Summer it was cool. It wasn't one of their friends. It was some fucking random dude walking yeah. across the street one night. Uh, but the uh, the film Urban Legend is, you know, the serial killer has a motivation to 
kill her fellow student friends in the style of these urban legends. Like mm-hmm. you've got the dog in the microwave. Um, you've got, you know, the killer was really dangling the boyfriend, hanging him on a rope while his feet scratched the roof of the car and all that kind of fun stuff. Yeah, okay. But, uh, you know, from my, from my partner's perspective, because she hadn't seen it before uh, and it wasn't, like I knew what was coming. I knew who the killer was, but it, it worked for her. So it kind of helped my enjoyment of it. I, th- I think it was oh, kind cool. of, it was good. Like it's aged definitely. Sure, okay. But it's enjoyable if you don't know the twist or mm-hmm. if you don't know what's coming. Uh, it has a lot of fun moments in it. It's got Tara Reid playing a, oh wow, like a college radio yeah. host giving, you know, safe sex advice. It was kind of weird. <laughs> uh, a bit of, you know, painful foreshadowing. But um, yeah, it's one of those movies. I, gotta find, I feel like I swear I saw it like, Mm. Like a, a video rental hire, like back in the day. Oh, totally. Yeah. But uh, I just don't remember anything about it. And I just. Yeah. Yeah. And Final real... Destination was one of those. Were you actually speaking of. Because I Scream, uh, my partner and I rewatched all the Scream movies mm. when Scream 5 came out mm-hmm. to sort of get refreshed before Scream 5. Mm-hmm. And then after that, we were like, what other like, series could we do? We did all the Final yeah. Destination movies. All of them? All of them. Holy fuck. Yeah, there's some fun Final National movies in there, actually. Well, you should chuck on Urban Legend, man. Like, um, did you, oh, did you do I Know What You Did Last Summer movies? No. Ah, you're missing out on the... Well, the second <laughs> movie is shit, but, uh, and I don't know if they did a reboot, but the first one's great. Okay. Um, but this, this first Urban Legend movie is good, too. The 2000s and late 90s had a nice little, um, you know, scream really kicked off that whole kind of refreshed slasher movies for a little Absolutely. while. Absolutely, yeah. And some of them are good. This one's pretty, you know, it's entertaining. Oh, cool. But uh, yeah, that's about it. Oh, it just makes you want to go back and uh, oh, check out some of the 70s do... slashes now. Oh, yeah. Good I want to do like Driller Killer and the OG Suspiria and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Oh, yeah, Suspiria, yeah. Uh, nice. Anyway, I'll let, you, I'll let you jump into your next one. What did you have next? Oh, you've got me, though. You got. No, I went to last summer on Urban Legend. I think I might just go around yeah. getting around. Maybe next roundup, I'll have those two to talk about. We'll loop back. Exactly. Um, all right, um, where should I go next? Let's go to Roadrunner, the Anthony Bourdain documentary. Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah. I didn't even know this was out there. So this came out, oh, I think, it came out very recently. I think it was just after his unfortunate passing. Mm. There's some good things to like about this. This movie's very well rated. I think uh, it's like 90% or something on Rotten Tomatoes, something pretty, okay. pretty high. People seem to really like it. Um, yeah. I can see why parts of it people would like. Uh, there's some good uh, kind of behind-the-scenes elements during the middle section of it that sort of goes into like a TV show. Yeah, okay, yeah. Um, names of eluding me right now. What's it well, called? he had uh, Parts Unknown. Parts Unknown, yeah. And he had no reservations. That was the big one um, yeah. that I think totally, totally. a lot of people parts, had seen. Yeah. Parts Unknown is what I always think of, yeah. So the people who worked on this, or at least a lot of people who were interviewed, were people who had worked, who'd been with him for a long time on both those series that you just mentioned mm-hmm. and and following, season, uh, following shows as well. The only thing with this this movie is, like I said, it has some great stuff in the middle. Uh, it doesn't do as much at the start as I would have liked to really talk about Bourdain's mm. history and his growing up and everything. It's only very sort of very slight, and it's a bit of a shame because I thought a documentary about Anthony Bourdain would kind of cover a bit more about his history. Instead, the main focus of this documentary seems to be on why 
he passed, mm. why he died, and you know who was responsible, and the uh, the feelings of people who were around him, and and so on. And I don't know. It just felt very. Two words that come to mind when I think about my feelings of this movie are disingenuous and exploitive. Okay, yeah. Uh, which is a shame. So, Asia Argento. Um, Speaking Dario, of Suspiria, I, yeah. Dario Argento, exactly. Dario Argento's uh, daughter mm. may well have been to blame for his suicide. Well, she was photographed with another guy, right? Yes. Um, leading up to it. And, and Bourdain had like tweeted out how you know in love with her he was and whatnot mm-hmm. and... I don't know. But yeah. yes, but to paint her in that way and to dedicate so much of this mm. film's runtime to painting her in that image, it just felt gross. It just felt like, again, as I said, exploitive and disingenuous. It felt like something that a tabloid would have produced. Well, you know, you know what? Which I think is just something that Bourdain would have been absolutely against. She kind of teamed you up know? with Rose McGowan after he died and it seemed like she tried to capitalize on his death a little bit saying that she was like the survivor of, you know, a, a suicide and whatnot. But I think that's when she kind of painted a little bit of a target on her back because people were aware of these photos of her with another guy. Sure. And, I'm, and, and, and you know, you can't fully blame her, of course. What's she, what I'm saying? That's what I'm saying. But as I, think much she, as she, I think she kind of exploited his death a little bit as well. Oh, yeah, sure. And, I, and, and I'm saying, like, she may well have been too blamed for a lot of, you know his undoing and, yeah. like, and his emotional state that but, he, but that he, he was in. Yeah. Yeah. But it spends so much time in this film mm. to really just oh, point really? the finger at mm. her. It just was gross to me. It just didn't... I, I wanted to really explore the life of Bourdain. It was what, it was what I was expecting, what I would have liked to have seen. Totally. More. Talk more about his, you know, growing up. What was he like as a kid? What was like, mm. you know, very, very, very briefly talk about, you know, his, um, you know... Uh, the books that he wrote, like, yeah, his books, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then even very uh, a little bit on that, which is good, but very extremely briefly before that, working as a chef, I wanted more of that. I wanted more yeah. of like him as a chef and like him becoming the man that we know. Instead, it felt like so much of this movie was dedicated to just ah, oh, it's depressing, and it just, just it just was like it. As much as yes, she may have painted a, a target on her back, and she. Has obviously, you know, did have a, a rightfully seems like she did uh, do a bit of a number on him and his emotional state and yeah. did some horrible things like, you know, cheating on him and all this other stuff. And that seems well documented and so on. I don't know. I just don't think I wanted to. Maybe it's just me. I just didn't think I wanted to watch a documentary. It was dedicated so much. On oh, that. fair enough. And he's a beloved dude. And I guess people are looking for, you know, um, a, a cause or a scapegoat, yeah. yeah. And she kind of got reverse me too as well. I think she was busted kind of sending text messages to an underage dude. But yeah, I I also would not have expected a documentary on Anthony Bourdain to focus so much on her. Jesus Christ. Like, yeah. It just felt shame because I really like Anthony Bourdain and I kind of wanted just a bit more about him and it just didn't feel as much. I demand about, a redo. I want it, the it, Martin Scorsese uh, doco of, <laughs> exactly. of Bourdain, yeah. But yeah, I mean, look, I, I'm obviously in the minority here because I think a lot of people seem to really like this movie and uh, seem to get a real kick out of it. Um, yeah. And there's parts of it that I did like. Like I said, there's some you know, behind the scenes of some of the TV stuff that he did that was kind of cool to see. But um, yeah, I just didn't... Um, yeah, fair enough, Overall, man. it was a little bit... That's a bit of a bad taste in my mouth. I, yeah, I don't blame you, dude. I'm, I'm sort of... I, I didn't even know the movie existed, but I think... I, I don't know if I'll... Um, 
sort of steer that way now that you've sort of told me what it goes into. I, I, I'm yeah. same with you. I'd probably prefer something that just focused on him a yeah. bit more. Watch, yeah. I mean, if you're going to watch this, I don't know, maybe just watch the first half. <laughs> just go on YouTube and search for No Reservations and just watch the original and that's you too. stuff. Like, exactly. There's plenty yeah. on there. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, but my, is that all good? Moving on my next one. I yeah, think absolutely. my, maybe my last one. Um, I'm going to yeah. cover this one here, White Noise. This is a Netflix film by Noah Baumbach, if I'm saying his name correctly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. So he did like The Squid and the Whale, and he's done t- oh, tons of stuff. Um, Francis Ha. Huh. Uh, but he, this movie is based on a book. Apparently this book was virtually, you know, one of those books that was kind of notorious for being unfilmable. Oh, right. Yeah, it's a book from the 80s. Um, let me just find so it's out. like the June. Yeah, yeah. Um, and just in terms of, though, how abstract the narrative mm-hmm. is, the book mm-hmm. is called White Noise as well right, um, okay. by this dude called Don DeLillo. Uh, yeah, so it's got Adam Driver and Greta Gerwig and Don uh, Cheadle he pops oh, up okay. to. Oh, yep. And it's sort of about Adam Driver is this, like, college lecturer, I think. Yeah, college lecturer. And he has this specific subject about Hitler. Um, but, okay. I mean, to sort of go into the plot is a bit irrelevant because it does go down so many tangents as well, the plot. Mm. But it has a lot of great little scenes. The way the characters talk to each other is kind of this heightened, absurdist, abstract kind of style. But apparently it is, you know, from looking it up on Reddit and what people talk about, it is quite faithful to the tone of the book. And I don't know if I... I, I think it's a hard recommend, but I did enjoy it just for how weird and wacky it is. I think the whole thing focuses around this family who lives in this town and there's this strange, maybe like a weather event or it's like there's this accident that occurs at one point, the town has to evacuate, mm. you know, because the air is poisonous or something. Oh, um, wow. But then, but like I said, the plot, it kind of goes in a lot of different ways. That's not all the film is about. Okay. Um, you'd really have to just watch it to sort of know yeah, it sounds what like I'm, it. What I'm getting right. at. But I, I remember I saw it came out and it looked interesting mm-hmm. and I chucked it on. I was like, oh, this is... The more it went on, the more invested I was getting. And um, at, at one point it kind of lulled a bit, but then it came back. And I think it's just got that problem where movies go for 25 minutes too long. Yeah, I see. Like yeah. The Devil's Reign, you know, that was an 85-minute movie. Oh, cool. All right. You know, Urban Legend, that's like a 95-minute movie. Yeah. It's like, just give me those. Oh, it makes me think of uh, Pete Davidson SNL sketch. Where yeah. Like, give me my 90-minute movie. Oh, yeah. Um, and talk about the uh, the Netflix Category option for the 90s. Yeah. Yeah. And just how good that is. I love that category. Yeah. I always return I, me to too. it. Me too. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'll move you. Sometimes, you know, short and sweet, man. Hey, if I see a movie is 85, 90 minutes, I'm more likely to sit yeah. there and enjoy it because I know I'm not I'm not investing this ridiculous yeah, exactly. chunk of time. It's but less likely to have too much fat. Yeah. And it, it doesn't mean that I'm opposed to the big ones. You just you just got to earn it and you, you've, exactly. you just got to like, you know, don't just fill your movie with a bunch of shit. Just, I don't know. I, I just think people aren't that good at editing. <laughs> well, maybe no, like movies just, no. they just jam in a lot of shit. Exactly. That I think, For yeah. every, you know, Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring, there's mm. some other 10 other movies that yeah. just fill with fat and not. Yeah. They can't all be the Irishman, either. you know? like Exactly. They can't dude, all be June, you know? Yeah. Like hearing though that Scorsese is doing a three and a half hour film adaptation of 
you know, the killers of the flower moon. I'm like, yes, I'm in. Mm-hmm. Give it to me. Avatar yeah. 2, three and a half hours, I'm in. Yeah. But um, the Noah Baumbach comedy drama being two hours and 25 minutes, no thank you. <laughs> Fair. Fair. Not <laughs> necessary. Fair. <laughs> uh, but, you know, that's, yeah, White Noise, I still recommend it though. It's just, you know, it's just a Netflix film. Uh-huh. If you like those kind of weird, wacky comedies. And if you like Adam Driver, yeah, which I do. I do. Yeah, same. I think he's yeah. really good. Marriage Story, really good. That was probably the last one I've seen of his. Oh, yeah. I've still got to watch that movie. Oh, that's cool. I generally avoid um, movies where couples are breaking up. Fair. I don't know. I just, yeah, it, it feels it, like it's the anti-rom-com. I want, I want the rom-com. Yeah, know? that's fair, man. And this one's, uh, <laughs> this one's, yeah. can be a bit of a hard watch at times. It's, they do both are fantastic in this. It's like that Ryan Gosling one, Blue Valentine. All my friends were like, you'll love it. It's like, no, thank you. Yeah, fair. I I'm good. That. <laughs> you know, I'm sure it's a great movie. It is, just, it is a great movie. <laughs> I just don't want to, yeah. yeah. But yeah, White Noise, you know, I, that's it. That's it for me. I like it. I like it. Oh, I did have one more. I, was, I haven't got a huge amount to say about it, but I will um, yeah. look in the movie front um, that I watched recently that I thought was really good was uh, Being There. Oh, the Peter Sellers one. Peter Sellers, yeah, yeah. that's a good in, movie. He's one of his last movies he did before he passed away back in the uh, back in the eighties. Yeah, yeah. It's like a lot of comedians do. They have those one or two notable serious movies, and this is that one. Yeah, he has a serious role. This is not. It's like his Truman Show. Yeah, exactly. This yeah. is the Truman Show. Yeah, exactly. This is not the Mask. This is the Truman Show. And it's yeah. kind of like Forrest Gump. You know, he's like a. Mm-hmm. He's the is, is he like the son of a wealthy person? He's the gardener of a wealthy. He's person. He's the gardener, yeah. and, he, and then he's getting mistaken for a yeah. yeah. And so yep. he's lived his whole life there. He's you know um, he's uh, he never really sort of been out and experienced the open world. He's basically like he's on the spectrum. Um, yeah. So he uh, is yeah. His whole life's been as his gardener, as his uh, wealthy uh, estate, and uh, uh, after the. Um, they pass away. Sorry, the uh, the the, the, yeah. the owner passes away. He's left on his own. Doesn't know what to do, and then. But he's dressed really well. Exactly, and, and so he's going to get mistaken for a, a wealthy, good, well-to-do person. What's it? And then he has a you know an accident where he this uh, um, I can't think what's in the actress's name, and she uh, takes him in and brings her to their estate. Tara uh, Reid. <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, before you know it, what he's on it? TV and <laughs> yeah, exactly. getting mistaken for like these insightful, deep things he says. Uh, Shirley MacLaine. Oh, Shirley MacLaine. Yeah. yeah. Takes takes her in. John's wife. Takes him in and um, her husband is also, is a incredibly uh, well-to-do. He's a bit of a um, advisor to the president. Like he's just like someone's very, you know, well-respected in the upper echelon of like, you know, the business yeah. and economics and you know, things like mm-hmm. that and in politics. And so, yeah, uh, he gets to meet the president. He gets to, you know, so again, as you said, Forrest Gump is a good, yeah, you know, um, analogy there. Um, how Stumbling how, through these events. Exactly. Yeah. And everyone thinks of him as this is, he's a very simple man, but everyone thinks he's this extra wise man of very few yeah. words. If uh, you know him, you know, and who he really is in terms of the film, He's saying these things that are just super simple and relevant to him, but when applied to this broader subject that people are questioning him about, exactly, they come off as, as these so prophetic, like, insightful, prophetic, you know, poetic little things. Yeah. yeah, but he's really just talking about, oh, you know, I find these things. Well, he's, you also, know. he's all mostly talking about gardening. 
It's gardening, yeah. yeah. It's always like, you know, you plant a seed in the spring and it'll uh, blossom yeah. in the summer. And they're like, yeah. oh, wow, the economy's going to pick up. Okay, great. Yeah, exactly. All right. So <laughs> we invest in, invest in the infrastructure now. Next year, it's gonna, you're saying it's going to be great next year. Okay, great. Yeah. Thank you. And like, yeah, yeah and he's just talking about gardening. And what about it's that? It's funny in that kind of way, but it's it's really endearing. It's, and he's an endearing character and sweet. It is nice. Charming kind of movie. It's a nice watch. Yeah. Did you did you like the ending? I do like the ending, yeah. Mm. It's very... Um, What's the word? Not subtle? No. Well, I mean, kind of subtle because it's alluding to... It's not explicitly saying that he's, uh, you, you know, know, Jesus or any sort of yeah. holy figure, but it's alluding to he could possibly be something like that. Jesus may have returned on earth, but he could have been a simpleton gardener. Exactly. Just, yeah. It's a, it a good movie, though. Um, I'm glad you... Brought that one up. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, directed by Hal Ashby, who did uh, Harold and Maud. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and shampoo, and shampoo and yeah, some other like, classics. Nice. Well, I, I don't really have any TV to talk about. I guess I've, I've still been watching Mr. Inbetween. You ever see Mr. Inbetween? Oh, I've been meaning to. No, I've not seen it. It's really awesome. He's a hitman, but he's balancing his hitman life with his, you know, Taking care of his kid and stuff okay. and who's his girlfriend. The who's the lead again? I have no idea what the actor's name oh, is. Okay. But apparently they did a, a film previously with him playing the same character. Mm-hmm. And then they branched that off into a full TV show. But the TV show is getting tons of recognition online mm-hmm. as this hidden gem of Australian TV. But it's HBO. Yeah. So we wouldn't have gotten it on Australian TV, but because it was bought by HBO and put out that way. Um, or if we did get it, it was never on my radar. No, it's only become on, uh, on my radar yeah. in the last sort of year or so, and it's but, because of internet. Yeah, buzz about but it's it. like a five-year-old series. It's not yeah. new, but it's really good. It's really, awesome. really good. Right. Okay, I'll watch you get onto that. It's like 25, 30-minute episodes too, so you can burn through okay. the whole series really quickly. I like that, yeah. yeah. And so, and it's a, it's got a, an ending. It's a... It's it's what one season, two seasons. I've, I'm only halfway through season two, but I think there's three seasons. Okay, and, uh, and that's it. It doesn't. It didn't get cancelled or anything. It I don't ends. know actually. Oh, uh, I'm not okay. up to that yet. Okay, but it's um, hard sometimes to invest. I'm a bit picky sometimes with that, which is oh no, you say, should watch it anyway. I should watch it anyway. Okay, it's, it, because it's a, it's a great example of like Australian TV show that is doing something better than mm. you know what I mean. Like The Sopranos is there as that's similar thing, balancing the lifestyle of, you mm-hmm. know, one and the other, but it's such an Australian take on it and the character is so great. Awesome. Um, but definitely, I'd still say, regardless of whether or not it got cancelled or has an ending, do check it out. Okay. Um, definitely, it'll be right up your alley. Oh, cool. Because um, I was going to bring up briefly another show. I haven't finished it yet, but um, HBO show The Night mm, Of. Yeah. Um, and then part of why I like that. Uh, not only just because the, sh- the show is incredible, but also because it's a singular yeah. series. It has, you know, you're going to get a proper conclusion because it's only oh, yeah. seven episodes long or whatever. Oh, it's a great series though. Have, yeah. And you did finish it? I haven't finished it yet. I not think yet. I'm oh, on okay. episode four or five. It's a bit of a hard watch because it's got, it's mm. incredibly intense and oh, just yeah. realistic. Oh, so yeah. it can, you really feel for the characters, especially Dev Patel. And you're just like, oh my God. Yeah. Like, you mean Riz Ahmed? Just like Dev Patel, yeah. Sorry, Riz Ahmed. <laughs> <laughs> Racist. Um, oh, Riz, Riz Ahmed is great. Um, did you ever see... <laughs> oh, no. Can we do that again then? <laughs> no. Um, no, I'll delete all this. Feel free to take, take it again. 
<laughs> I know you're kidding, but still, I was like, oh man. Tell me what's a dead Patel. What was I thinking? I think it was Slumdog Millionaire or something. I don't know. No, Riz um, Ahmed is, is great in it. Yeah. Yeah. It goes places, that show. Yeah. Um, I've been meaning to watch this for so long, so mm. I believe it's taken me so long to get around to it. Uh, yeah. And obviously you also. Well, it's like, yeah, I, enjoyed I, I saw it. it and yeah, I saw it like six, seven years well. ago. Yeah. yeah. But um, did you see The Sound of Metal? I did, yes. Did you really like good. that one? Yeah, I did really like I it. I loved that movie. Yeah, Riz Ahmed was really great in that. I'm surprised he didn't, maybe he got nominated for some other award, but I thought he would have gotten a bit more recognition when that film came out same yeah because no one really talks about that movie anymore but i've seen it twice like it still still holds up Mm -hmm. it's really good really effective and portraying you know what it would be like losing your hearing absolutely yeah 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 the use of audio and sound design design was insane Yeah. yeah really great um but yeah no i the night of i I don't know. I don't know if I'll return to it, but... Uh, yeah, well, that's the thing. It's, and that's part of the reason why I'm taking a while to watch it, I think, is because one fun, yeah. you know, there's so many other things in life and stuff, but also just it can be... Uh, it can be... As much as it's really well done, and it's such a great, yeah, incredible production, mm-hmm. it is... It's a, it's a bit of a hard watch in some ways because it's... Yeah, it's uh, intense. It's like, like you oh said, my it's, God, uh, it's like, oh... It's full on. It's yeah. almost too realistic. My partner was just like, I don't, I can't, I don't think I can watch this. It's just, yeah, it's hectic. It's too, it's too painful to watch him go through this yeah. ordeal. Um, and you've been watching a bit of Ted Lasso? I have, yes. So before we wrap up, I have to at least bring up Ted Lasso because we got the final episode of the final season. Yeah. Uh, just Ed. What a fantastic show. This yeah. show is. Well, it's incredibly sad that we get to, the show has come to a conclusion. Um, I think it's great that it finishes uh, the way they want it to. Yeah. On a satisfying and complete ending. It didn't get cancelled or something like that. Yeah. Um, and it just, I love how much it continued to be that bright spot on TV. Yeah. Uh, it, come, it came out, I think, August, something like that. A couple of months after the uh, COVID-19 pandemic mm-hmm. uh, started. And then to end, um, literally within a month of the World Health Organization declaring <laughs> yeah. the uh, COVID-19 pandemic a no longer a, a health emergency, yeah, a global health emergency, was, I thought, perfectly fitting for a show that was very much that perfect distraction, um, that perfect bright spot. Much better than for, Tiger King. Uh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> this was that show that just... Featured those real sweet, endearing yeah. moments. It's, you know, think of just some of your best dramas, some of the best even rom-coms, some of the best. It's got so much of those good kind of real great character moments. And the whole, yeah. whole show is fantastic. I think there's a great blend of some really great, um, you know, writing, some great dialogue, Um the third season, I think, probably lacks a little bit. The I found out, I was curious afterwards because there's a few kind of, in terms of the narrative structure of the show in the third season, it kind of jumps around a bit and some characters kind of, you don't get really conclusions. Like oh. an episode might set it up and then the next episode they kind of jumped in like it's already been resolved. Oh, it just okay. structurally is a bit odd. Um, the dialogue's all still there. The characters are all still very well written, but just structurally from episode to episode, it's a bit 
Weird. Not a bit unstructured. Doesn't it's not it very, the... But it's found out that it's because, and I didn't write the guy's name down, unfortunately. I should have. But the one of the four main writers was, his main focus was spent on shrinking. And so that other TV show was uh, fantastic. I mentioned yeah, that. Yeah, you mentioned previous, shrinking. It's really good. So he oh, was on, so his attention had been taken away from Lasso to that. Yeah. And so you notice he was that guy, obviously. He's yeah. worked back on Spin City and oh, like Spin heaps City. of classic 90s, 2000s, lots and lots of shows throughout the years. Yeah. And so he was that guy. He was the guy that was very good structurally narrative yeah. TV guy. The other guys were more the dialogue characters and stuff. And so the, like I said, so other elements were definitely still there. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, it was a little disjointed at times this, this third season. Yeah, yeah, okay. So it's a little bit of a shame, but... I'll still, I'll, one day still I'll watch stuff it. I haven't started it, but one day I will get into it and get through it. Yeah. I'd, um, yeah. It's a very uh, easy watch. Yeah. It's, and it's something I think everybody can enjoy. It's, um, you don't have to know much about soccer. It's really not actually really about No, soccer. yeah. I mean, everyone recommends it. I don't hear anyone say anything remotely negative about it. Mm-hmm. So you know it's good. It sucks. Exactly. Uh, yeah, it's a shame when those... Seasons wrap up, but it's sort of, yeah, it's also kind of like re- a relief. It's not going to turn into one of those series that just keeps going and totally, then totally. tarnishes well, the early As much yeah. as obviously that one element was of that one writer being out of it and the mm. quality was somewhat lessened in the third season, if it had it kept going, I think you would have probably noticed even more writers stepping out or changing and then yeah. the guard and things like that. And then I think the quality would have, yeah. could have even dipped even lower and then, I think it ended at the right time. Yeah. So, and the right right reasons. So it was good. Yeah, exactly, right. But no, cool. Like I said, one day, one day I'll get there. And I uh, I don't have any other TV, uh, nothing really else to bring up. Yeah. You said you've been playing lots of games though lately. Is there anything you wanted to mention? Well, we were talk- before we were talking about boomer shooters, I've, I've literally just been going back and like playing Doom 2 and, oh, nice. you know, just seeking out those old school first person shooter games. Um, there's something about like that, like Doom 2's got the super shotgun, right? Yeah, okay. So yeah. that's why I choose Doom 2 over Doom 1. And talking about the original, you know, 90s ones. But there's something still so satisfying from a game design perspective over those games, especially Doom 2, just with how, um, just how really honed in the, the enemies are and then the weapons and, mm-hmm. and the levels and the progression. It's, I don't know. The modern games really do get bogged down with some of these modern game conventions, like the big dumb open world and the dumb little quests, pick up five sticks um, (laughs) and hand them to this guy, you know, craft a house, uh, which is fine. Mm. Um, But sometimes you want that. Yeah. And and sometimes you you, you want a game to try to emulate the cinema experience or you Mm. want a game to emulate the horror movie experience. But um Sometimes I just want to be able to pick up a game, start playing it straight away. Yep. And I keep going back to like Doom 2 and these old boomer shooters, they're called, mm-hmm. uh, which I don't mind the tagline. It just, you know, it just describes it perfectly. 90s, you know, shooters. Um, yeah, I listened yeah. to a podcast the other day and they were saying they think it should be called Doomer Shooters. And I think I actually like that term a little bit better. Well, but yeah, Doom did, you know, break open kind of, the... Yeah. yeah, but, you know, that's... Boomer shooter seems to have stuck, so I'll yeah. So be it. When um, I when I've got a moment, I, I I chuck them on because, like I said, they're quick to get into. I don't have to watch like Death Stranding, a one hour cutscene before yeah, I oh you God, know. Yes, um, I I get to jump in and out. And these days, 
some of like I played on PlayStation and some of those ones let you access downloadable mods or oh, levels cool. um, okay. because it's all done through this Bethesda new, you know, port for mm-hmm. the PlayStation consoles. But um, so, yeah, you, you get a bit more content as well. And um, yeah, that's it. That's oh, cool. That's right. what I've nice. been playing. Nice. I haven't really got much, much on the game. I haven't got anything on the games front. It's been a very dry period games wise for me. So Fair next, enough, maybe yeah. next month. We're there's, busy. There's a bunch that I mean to get to and we'll get to it soon. Like, yeah. like New Zealand. But uh, that's, a, that's a commitment. So oh, yeah. I'm waiting <laughs> for some Yeah, you got to put time. a lot of hours into Yeah, that. I got to put a good weekend or three away for that oh yeah my partner's still getting through it bit by bit oh nice uh but yeah but that's uh, that's the episode folks thanks again for jumping in uh yeah. next week what have we got next week <laughs> next week we have uh, a personal pick of mine a snl double feature with wayne's world and blues brothers yep snl saturday night live yeah um, that'll be really fun that'll be really cool to jump into i love wayne's world so yeah so, and i haven't yeah. seen blues brothers for a long time but that'll be a that'll be a good one yeah and uh feel free to hit us up on instagram or twitter at look who's podcasting or send us an email at look who's podcasting at gmail.com awesome yeah yeah thanks, thanks. folks thanks everybody bye bye